this is Ruth Friedman, and I serve as the Maharat at Ohev Shalom, the National Synagogue in Washington, D.C. And welcome back to my weekly Parsha podcast, Life Imitates Torah. So this week we read Parsha Kadoshim, which literally contains God's exhortation to us that we shall be holy just like God is holy. And the Parsha immediately then launches into a description of what does it mean to be holy. Um, the third pasuk says we should revere our mother and father, keep the Sabbath because I'm God, um, don't turn to idols, you know, don't make other gods. And then verse five says something interesting. The Hebrew is, So this is tricky to translate. I'll read the JPS's translation first. When you sacrifice an offering of well-being to Hashem, this is, excuse me, a voluntary sacrifice, sacrifice it so that it may be accepted on your behalf. So in other words, when you're going to bring this sacrifice, do it in a way that God is going to want to accept it. Now, I was looking at this material already when Rabbi Aviva Richmond's um, weekly Hadar Shavar Torah came out, and it happens to have been about the same thing. So she points out, I'm going to use some of her ideas and some of the ones I was already thinking about. So she points out that usually when the word Ratzon, Ratzon Chem, appears in the Torah, it is referring to God's will, right? Something happens because of Hashem's Ratzon. And therefore, that's why the JPS would translate this as sacrifices so that it may be accepted on your behalf. In other words, it has to be God's will that God wants to accept it. And that's how many, I mean, she makes this point, that's how many of the Mepharshim understand what this means. Rashi, for example, says that you have to be like in a, in a good place when you bring the your sacrifice because if you're going to think about it with disingenuine thoughts or worse lo god is saying it's not going to be like i'm not going to want to accept it basically and so that's how a lot of the mafarshim read it is in according with rabbi richmond's point and in accordance with the way the jps translates it that this is about when you bring a offering of well-being you better do it in a way that God's going to want to accept it. Now, there are actually two other ways of reading this. And I wanted to share two different perspectives today because I think that they both offer deeper insights into what it actually means to be holy. So the first is the Ibn Ezra, who says something very short, as Rabbi Rishon points out, he's quoting a Midrash. He says, so why does it say according to the Ibn Ezra? Because it's not referring to God's will. It's referring to your will that you have to bring this sacrifice in accordance to your will. You have to want to bring it and not because you're feeling forced to. And Rabbi Richmond makes the, she makes the, the point that so much of this Parsha is top down, right? It's God saying, here's how you be holy and do it through all of these restrictions. Do it by not doing this, by not doing that. There's a whole lot of don't do this in this chunk of the Torah that we're reading now. And it can feel very limiting, restrictive, not necessarily that hopefully most people wouldn't want to engage in a lot of the things that have been described, especially the sexual relationships, et cetera. But it's very much like 
you stay in line by not doing these things, right? By kind of controlling yourself, suppressing yourself and making sure that you stay within line of what God wants of you. And so now what the Ibn Ezra is really doing by interpreting what I think is the shot of the Pasuk, right? Do it according to your own will. What he, by interpreting it according to the shot, is saying is, you have to want to do this, right? The partnership with God only works if you actually want it, right? There's a mutuality. I can bring myself into the relationship. This isn't just solely about God dictating to me what I need to do. This is about me also bringing myself, my wills, my desires to the worship of God. And that there's something very beautiful about that, very empowering about that, very equalizing about that. And God's saying like, don't, you know, if you're not feeling it, don't do it. And now I think that the Chizkuni says something a little bit different, but um, in some ways really connects it. Now he says, right? Channel your will towards it because you don't want this to look bad. Why? Because we can tell when people do things that are not from the lev, that are not from the heart. Rather, they do them. Right? The, some people do things in life, like perhaps bring a sacrifice that you don't have to bring, not because it's in their heart, but because they see everyone else of their friends doing it, and then they're going to be embarrassed if they don't do it. And so they half-heartedly, or maybe a quarter-heartedly, bring this offering um, so that they don't feel embarrassed, that they feel like they're going to fit in, etc., And that God here is saying, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Don't do that, right? Don't, don't do something if you're not feeling it. You have to be feeling it. You have to want this in order to be doing it. Now, so I think that when you take these two points together, it really, it does paint, I think, a much more beautiful and a much richer picture of what it means to be holy, right? First, just like even Ezra says, there's mutuality in the relationship, right? You have to want to, you can't be forced to worship God. It has to be something that you want. And also you can't pretend that you want it either, right? You can't fake your way through religious practice. Religious practice has to be something that is authentic to you, that comes from your kishkas, so to speak, right? That's deep down. And I think that, you know, when you look at Kedoshim, the question, there's a famous you know, machloke of Rashi and Ramban over what, what does it mean to be holy, right? Does it mean if I just follow the laws that God's articulating in the Torah and these psukim, in these par- uh, parshio, that I'll be holy? Or according to the Ramban, does it introduce this idea of being a neval b'shuta Torah, of that there's a way to follow all these laws, yes, on paper, but to still abuse the 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 essence of what it means to be a God-fearing Jew and an observant Jew, to, to still to use, to abuse the things that are allowed to us and to use them in a way that really doesn't bring holiness to the world, right? For example, if I'm allowed, you know, to eat meat and wine, well, if I use that to just indulge, you know, in, in, in taste and food all the time and not for a higher purpose, right? And I, I act in a gluttonous manner. Okay, I'm not doing anything wrong. But I'm not acting within the spirit of what God wants from us. And so I think that this is really an important message for Parsha Kadoshi. And when we look at it at first, it can feel very overwhelming. Here's all these ways to be holy. But really, when you boil it down to its essence, what Parsha Kadoshi is really about is God saying, the way to be holy in worshiping me 
is to bring your full self to it. And that this isn't about, you know, going through the motions or faking it. This is really about bringing your whole heart and your whole soul to worship of God. And that then is what you can offer to God. What we can offer to God more than anything else is ourselves, our love, and our devotion. Shabbat shalom.